This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? This is Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. I'm Drew, your host. I'm, of course, here with Chris, and we're here with Josh. Guys, Wait, I'm, what? Alive. What? <laughs> I'm, Wait. I'm alive. I'm alive. Whoa, hold up. This is I'm where alive. I need. This is where I need that round of applause, kind of. I'm alive. <laughs> I'm alive. Post production, yeah. man. We'll add that. I'm joke. alive and on this podcast. <laughs> uh, hello, 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 hello. It's yes. good to be. It's good, it's good to be with you all again. Yes, you yeah. are now blessed once again with the golden molasses. <laughs> oh, yes. The golden molasses. Golden and molasses. I do, guys. I have a new mic. I don't know if you can hear it. I don't know if I can uh, hear the difference. Yes, yes but this yes. this mic I got away from the uh, got away from the. The hunk of junk that I was using, and uh, we we upgraded, baby. Oh yeah, oh yes. yeah. It is extra thick molasses now. <laughs> extra, <laughs> extra thick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. But we are a podcast production uh, that seeks to bring you biblical truth. We we want to look at what's going on in the culture. We want to look at what's going on within the local church, and we want to address issues that arise from a biblical standpoint. Uh, Cruciform, Cruciform 2020 is just around the corner. Uh, We are literally right around the corner. So like next week, we will be at Chris and I will be at Cruciform 2020, and we're going to be doing a, a live recording with Andrew Rappaport um, on the, what is it? The Sanctity of Life. So yes, uh, abortion. Now, we haven't done an actual episode on abortion. I did, when we very first started, I did a little 15-minute episode going over that law that was passed in New York, uh, but that was it. We haven't touched abortion, so this will be the first time we actually deal with the topic of abortion. Yeah, but I want to tell you guys, it's not too late to get your Cruciform 2020 tickets. If you go to cruciformministries.org, register for your tickets, and you use the promo code still standing, you will get 10% off Cruciform 2021 tickets, which is on still standing. That is the topic still standing. 
Actually, if you use the code still standing, you get 10% off of this year's conference. Oh, snap. So it's, it's, well, there you go. That's even better. Yeah. Cruciform 2021, the, uh, that that's being promoted. Um, that is the topic is still standing as we remember the 500th anniversary of the diet of worms. Um, and if you use the promo code still standing, all one word, you get 10% off of this year's conference on holiness taking place next week, uh, as of the recording of this episode. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I, I almost called our podcast, uh, not our podcast. I almost said something else. Um, uh, as of the recording of this episode of matter of theology, uh, the cruciform conference will be, uh, next week. It is the twenty. Uh, 23rd and 24th. That is correct. Uh, and uh, so you get 10% off of that. Mm-hmm. So you have to register. Um, guys, and information keeps coming in daily as far daily. as uh, giveaways and stuff yep. that we're going to have there for everybody. So books. Uh, books. I'm yes. Just saying books. 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 And um, can, I, can, can you yeah. say banner of truth? That's, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. Say banner of truth. Banner of Truth. Ready? Banner of Truth. Josh, can you say Banner of Truth? Banner of Truth. Oh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> nice. Yes. So, uh, so yes, do that. Do it. Do it. Banner of Truth. Oh, also, um, I believe there's another publication. Oh, yes. Canon Press. I yes. believe they're going to yes. be given. They, yes. They're giving us stuff to give away. Yep. Yep. Oh, and I think maybe, maybe Free Grace Press, too, possibly. You just uh, got to come. There are going to be books involved. Yeah, there's going to be books involved. You know what else might be invo- involved? Bibles. Yeah, that's very true. I, like, uh, I'm I, talking, I would hope so. I'm talking, no, not just people <laughs> bringing their Bibles and, and preachers preaching from Bibles. I'm talking about giving away. There's going to be a conference-wide <laughs> Bible swap. Everyone that shows up has to swap Bibles with somebody else that's there. <laughs> BYOB for the, the, the conference swap. And we get you can to walk judge. away with some crappy NIV or something like, oh, oh this my thing's gosh, disgusting. Yes. This thing out of the 80s, man. What is what is who brought the new living Bible? Who brought this? And we get to judge everyone's notes on the inside. <laughs> exactly. Of your Bible. Nice. But I'm talking uh, about like premium Bibles like that could possibly be given away. Yeah. I'm not going to say for sure because we're still, you know, hit or miss on that. But it's That's a possibility. Yep. It's a possibility. So I think you should bank on a maybe. That's all I'm yeah. saying. But but look, here's why you should come is because the topic the topic yes. is on holiness and yes. and and who is uh, the the lineup of speakers minus me trust me minus me <laughs> is phenomenal Brandon Scalf, Justin Peters, uh, Jeff Johnson, Gabe Hughes, uh, I mean so just just incredible lineup of speakers, uh, breakout sessions. Um, it, it's going to be a phenomenal time. I mean it's and and it's. Wow, right? The topic of holiness is needed today. Yes. Uh, absolutely needed today. Um, so, it, yeah, you got to come. You got to come. You got to do it. Yeah, especially, you know what? If you're reformed, you need this conference because it's us who are reformed that often forget what holiness is. Oh. So, <laughs> so I'm <laughs> Yes, that was meant to cut, and it was meant yes. to uh, uh, to to bring us uh, to self reflection, uh, yeah. for sure. But 
uh, before we get into today's topic, I'm going to let Josh make an announcement. Oh, we're doing it like this. We're doing it like this. <laughs> oh, oh, it's going down like. I this. thought you were just going to say it, and I was going to nod, and then we were going to move on. <laughs> nah, bro. I want you. I want nobody you can to hear you nod though, man. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, okay. Um, so, uh, gosh, yeah. I guess. I guess without without bearing the lead, um, I have accepted a call to become the lead pastor of a church in the town where I live. Uh, I've been in talks with the elders of this church for quite a while and the lead pastor there currently is wanting to retire and kind of get out of at least at least full-time vocational ministry and uh, looking for somebody to uh, come in and help with that transition and um, and uh, I have been offered the the role of preaching pastor at a church here in Everett, Washington, and I have accepted. So mm. after about, boy, gosh, four, four years, four years out of the saddle uh, of uh, the pastorate, I'm, I'm getting back in. It feels weird. It's scary, but it's uh, very, very exciting. So I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. Getting back into, getting back into the pastorate boys. There we go. There we go. Love it. That's Love awesome. It. Love it. Yeah. Brother, let me just, can I just encourage you and publicly say, um, man, I, I think this is uh, uh, something that I, I know I've seen coming for you, uh, is something that I have uh, been wanting for you as your shepherd's heart, uh, your, your, your approach to how um, you, you seek to lead people, point people to scripture and love people. Uh, man, you're not just a good preacher because you are, you're, you're, you're a great preacher, brother. But you're 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 a pastor, and God has equipped. God has done that in you, by His grace, uh, through the power of His Spirit and His Word, and the sanctifying work of the blood of Christ in your life. And so, let me publicly say congratulations, and uh, brother, I, I I can't think of a better role for you. It, it's one of those things. When I think about Josh, I think you know, Josh, why would you stoop to be a king when God has called you and equipped you to be a pastor? So let me just say that, brother. I love you, man. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. And uh, and if you know Josh, you know he is all about the local church. So yes. uh, we here on, on MOT, we, we kind of deal with all areas, uh, in, both in and outside of the church. But Josh's heart is to direct people to the local church, um, which is much needed. Um, so Josh, where, uh, you're not, now you're not leaving podcasting. You're, you are stepping away from, from here. Um, but you do have another podcast that that's also that do, that you're also doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, with the, with the, you know, the, the sour to that sweet, I am going to be stepping away from matter of theology. Uh, it's been a joy being on this podcast with you guys. I remember being the first time being a, just, I think I was just a guest. I was a mm -hmm. guest host and we talked about like the cage stage or something like that. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, I remember, I remember doing that and uh, just the relationship I have with you guys. I've enjoyed every second of it. And the cool thing about social media and just living in 2020 is those relationships don't go away. Right. That's so right, that definitely looking forward to that, but yeah, I'm going to have to take a step back. Um, 
from Matter of Theology, which I think our listeners at this point are probably already used to. I haven't haven't exactly been here. Um, And that is because uh, local church stuff and work have just uh, kind of taken all my time. Um, So yeah, going to be stepping away from Matter of Theology, but um, I do have uh, the other podcast that uh, does more kind of focus on local church stuff and uh, with my co-host Jack Berry called The Reformatory. So if you head on over to wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on, we're on all of them. Uh, search for The Reformatory Podcast and uh, you can hopefully be encouraged to uh, see how life, culture events, all theology, ultimately uh, we, we strive to point people toward applying that in the context of their local church is what is what we want to do. We want to equip leaders and pastors and members and, you know, everyday, everyday churchgoers to, uh, to be focusing on the local church, uh, especially in the troubled times that we are in in 2020. Mm. Local church is uh, super, super important. So you can head yeah. on over to the reformatory and catch me there. And, uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, you know, I will, I will leave, I'll leave the gate open to, you know, oh yeah, come on, come on, matter of theology every once in a while. Oh right? yeah. Or, oh yeah. Or, you know, say, say down the road, you guys get on to bigger and better things. Just, just remember me. Remember me here <laughs> in humble, humble Everett, Washington. Remember your friend, Josh Loftus, and throw him a juicy bone every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say about the reformatory if you go listen, I would encourage you to go listen to the very first episode where they talk about where they get the name reformatory. From. Oh yeah, um, sure. And that will help kind of lay some of the groundwork. Um, I think it's very great. <clears throat> I, I would like to say, and again, I'm, I'm, I realize I'm biased, but I think we have one of the greatest podcast intros in all of podcasts. Oh, absolutely. I think you do. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> it's quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> now I like our intro, but you, every time I listen to you guys' intro, I laugh and, and just no, two things. I, I laugh hysterically at, at the recurring there's a recurring statement in there. Yes, you just there have to is, I'm not going to give it away. All right, but yeah. then, but the, but then the music is excellent as well, and so it just, it just fits. It really yeah. does. It is a synergistic wonder of glory. That's what well. What's really funny is it. before y'all even started that, you sent me the intro music yeah. to listen to, and I <laughs> yes. go, "Hey, what do you guys think? Man, this like, is yes. hilarious." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a lot, lot of fun putting that together, and uh, so yeah, head on over to the Reformatory, check us out. We would appreciate it. Awesome. There we go. But on today's episode, we are continuing on in Reformation Month. Uh, last week, Chris and I discussed the Reformation of worship, uh, what it, what worship looked like uh, in uh, the time of the Reformation, what the central focus was, and the Reformation that's needed in worship today. Uh, but right now, we want to move into uh, the worth of the Reformation, the value. What do we gain from it, right? This was something that happened, uh, you know, 500 years ago. Why is this even relevant today? Well, because if the Reformation didn't happen, uh, we would all be taking mass, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and 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 counting on other people and for counting our on other right, people. Right. That's right. That's right. So so. so and I've said this over and over and over again, church history is so important to know. Yes, uh, yes. So if you understand the Reformation and why the Reformation needed to happen, then you understand the value of the Reformation today. 
Wow. Yes, you do. I mean, it was a recovery of the gospel. It was a recovery and a rediscovery of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Drew, to your point a second ago, you said uh, we all be taking mass. We we, we would all be, um, you know, what, what was the expression of Tetzel? You know, every time a coin in the coffer, the coffer rings, rings, a soul in soul, soul purgatory springs, you know, we would be believing in in this this superstitious mystic, you know, mysticism that finds no warrant in the scriptures. And you think about what was rescued, what was recovered, and the trajectory that that sent us on today. Um, you know, we, we talked about this last week with the Reformation of worship and how um, the, the the Reformation and the rediscovery uh, and the recovery of the gospel and the Reformation of worship are two sides of the same coin. I said that last week, um, and and think about the effects that that has. And 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 I often think um, what would have happened had the Reformation not taken place. Uh, and then I also often think about and ponder um, what needs to be reformed in our day that could uh, change the trajectory uh, of how Christ is choosing to build his church. And of course, that's all done in the sovereignty of God. It's not anything that we do. Um, but, uh, but, but what is happening in our day, the focus in our day, um, and, and how that will play out in the future? Well, yeah, and the the importance, yeah, just just to your point, the importance of the Reformation has never gone away, and the reason oh. for the Reformation has never gone away, right. because what what were we reforming to? We were reforming back to the standards of Scripture, yeah. right, and back to the 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 truths that Scripture is our standard of truth. Amen. And if you're going to tell me that you you um, if you're going to tell me that you look around in 2020 today. And you do not see the need to exalt the word of God as the ultimate standard for truth. Amen. Uh, Come on. <laughs> then it's never you, you're never gonna see it, right? So we right. definitely need not only the truths of the Reformation, the truths that came out of the Reformation, or or more so the truths that the Reformation revealed again. We need an actual Reformation today. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, an actual reformation. Think about what that looks like today. Um, think about some of the most popular ministries right now. We've, we've already talked about worship and, and, and the most popular ministries have, have is focused on concert type worship, uh, shallow songs that are heretical that stir up the emotions. Right. Um, but think about even their preaching. Their preaching is focused not on Christ, but on what Christ can do for the person in the seats. Uh, so when we talk about this, this idea that the Reformation was a rediscovery of the gospel, it was bringing the gospel back to the center point of the church, up to the pulpit, so that it was the gospel that was proclaimed, right. the gospel that went forth, the gospel that changed the hearts, the gospel that actually the gospel proclaimed in the church was what transformed society mm -hmm. it's, well, it's, what, it's, it's what transformed uh the the towns that people were living in yeah, yeah it's, it's it's what christ himself uses to build his church mm -hmm. uh and you look at acts 240 you know acts 242 that section there is you know the first the first section there is is that they were devoted to the apostles teaching 
uh, devoted to, committed to, uh, focused on. That was everything to, to, to the early church. And, and when you look at what was happening uh, throughout and, and leading up to the, the, the 16th century Reformation, um, it, how that had been lost and how it had been covered up by human tradition. Mm-hmm. And, and I look to today, right? You look at the, the, the importance of the Reformation then and to Josh's point, the need for it today. Um, you know, Drew said, you said, especially uh, that they're teaching, I, I would say be, it, it's because of the teaching that we need mm-hmm. to look at that again today. Yeah. You've got, you've got uh, churches that have fallen into this pragmatic seeker sensitive mode that never talk about sin, never talk about repentance. There's nothing in their services at all. In my opinion, based upon what I see in scripture. And as you study church history, that truly does bring any kind of focus to the true God. There is worship of a God, but it's mm-hmm. the God of self. It's the God of man. It's the God of pragmatism, the God of money. Mm-hmm. It's what's going to put butts in the seats and cash in the pockets instead of what is going to, to snatch souls from the fire, as Jude says. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I think about when I think of the worship uh, of the Reformation is what was kind of the battle cry, right? It was ad fontes to the source, right? And this actually began with what we would call the pre-reformers, right? Uh, right. Wycliffe and, and, and Jan Hus. Mm-hmm. And what we, what we see now, we, we do see this in pockets now where there is uh, kind of this yearning of, of people to want to learn the original languages, to want to know scripture in the original languages. Uh, We see pockets of of people that can actually listen to some of these false teachers and go, that's not cutting it. I need more. I actually need scripture. Give me Mm. scripture. Now, it's the, the, the sad part is it's not widespread. There's only little pockets here and there. But that's why we need the Reformation. The, the, the Reformation started in little pockets here and there until it spread like wildfire. But what we can gain is we need these pockets, but we don't need them to stay in these pockets. We need them to spread. We need, well, And that's what the gospel preaching does. Whether you're in a church that doesn't preach the gospel, go to your pastor and say, why are you not preaching the gospel? We need these things. This is what changes lives of people. You were going to say something, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was, I was just going to point out that, I mean, in, I, I saw just this week uh, a very, very well-known um, denominational president um, quoting um, a known false teacher, woman pastor. Promoting a uh, book. It wasn't her book. It was her promoting his book. Oh, oh! It's her promoting his book, and he's he's quoting it to 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 push it. And and this is the same person who uh, who says that, that that scripture whispers about sexual sin. Um, when we need uh, and and to Drew's point, we need those who would stand and be willing to stand and and join in with uh, the language of a Martin Luther. Well. 
let me, let me back up the early language of a Martin Luther, maybe not the later language of a Martin Luther. Oh, oh, there's some that are, that are, that are doing that. <laughs> oh, Hey, days. very true. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, here's what I can tell you is that uh-huh, on that, uh-huh. you, me and Chris are all in sync on that. Uh, okay. <laughs> yes, we are, sir. Yes, we are. So, so, but, but we, we need, we need those men who are willing to stand and say, here I stand. I can do no other. Mm-hmm. My conscience is bound by what go- the word of God says. And I know I say this all the time because I, I am huge proponents of this ministry and what they have done. But, but we need men willing to put blinders on when it comes to the standards and the truths found in Scripture and not trying to seek for and look for anything else when it comes to how men are supposed to pastor, shepherd, and lead and stand for the truth. We need those men who will be dogmatic and bulldogmatic about what they preach, how they preach, and how they love their local flock. Yeah. Now here's, you know, I think about Calvin, right? Calvin, when when he was first brought into Geneva, he began preaching verse by verse. Yeah. Until eventually they ran him out of Geneva. Right. That's a man that his conviction for the word of God and the truth of God was so strong that he preached verse by verse by verse. No matter what the topic was, no matter what the verse said, he just unfolded it and relayed the message, whether it offended, whether it didn't. Okay. Uh, He just gave the truth to the people until they ran him out. Then a couple years later, they bring him back. And what does he do? Picks up right where he left picks off. Right back up. The next verse off. from when they, they ran him off. He picks he picks it right back up in the next verse. I mean, today, and then I also think about you know, one kind of one of our heroes, which is Steve Lawson. He he became the pastor of a church, and he was going into it was either a Wednesday night service or a Sunday night service, and he knew they were gonna night he knew that they were going to run him out of there that night. So he had his, his sons waiting in the car with the car running because he unflinchingly preached the word of God in its fullness, the full counsel of God. Now we have men today that are so afraid of their congregation. They're so afraid of losing people because they, they want to keep people in the seats. They want their, their ministry to keep growing, to be, quote, unquote, influential. But they, they prostitute the gospel in order to appease the, the churchgoer because they don't want to offend them. But what they actually end up doing is they end up offending God. Yeah, well, and what they end up doing is they make the gospel that they're preaching un- it, it 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 can't be used, <laughs> no. and and I, and it's I'm not saying that it's it's a lack of power in the Holy Spirit, but y- you need a true gospel, <clears throat> yeah. right? If you're going to preach self reliance or self worth or or you know God whispering or winking at sin, right? You, you, if you preach those kind of things, you're going to have fundamentally a very flawed view of who God is which then gives you a very flawed view of who you are, which then throws the entire gospel 
into whack because if we don't start from the premise that God is holy mm. and we are not, yeah, mm-hmm. and the sin that we commit on a daily, hourly, minute by minute basis increases the flames of hell. And the only remedy for that is the righteous work of Jesus Christ. If we lose that and we lose the teeth of that gospel, mm-hmm. you're not going to be doing anybody any good. And yeah, you might have a full, a full service and the money might be flowing in and you might have very, very, uh, you know, at least outwardly healthy vibes of, 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 of gathering together. Right. But it's a whitewashed church. with a bunch of dead people inside if the gospel is not there that's powerful uh i mean and that's that i i I would say that is a great image of of what a lot of churches in um, in america look like um i mean and and we've heard paul washer say that you know, something along those lines for years is that, you know, people come to churches and they sit and they listen to, to a message and they, they leave presuming themselves to be saved when they're really not Hmm. because they haven't been given a true gospel that actually brings them to repentance and faith in Christ. Well, and, and again, I want, I want to make it clear, at least, at least from, from my standpoint, I'm not talking about doctrinal purity. I'm not saying that you have to be a five-point Calvinist, 1689 Mm. confessional liturgy and covenantal church in order to be truly saved. But it helps. That's right. (laughs) Just just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) I'm I'm wearing a 1689 hat. Now, 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 do I want you to be all those things? Yes. Heck yes. (laughs) Heck yes, I do. I'm talking about the real, Mm -hmm. true, unfiltered, simple gospel. Yeah. 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 It doesn't require you to be a Calvinist. Right. Now, I would agree with that because I've got friends that, uh, you know, and I came out of the charismatic movement. Right. And so they're they are charismatic. But and I'm thinking of two in particular, and they're actually brothers in law, but uh, that they were so influential in helping me grow my faith and, and that I know one they're both. One was a youth pastor, one is a youth pastor, but both of them know the gospel. And every time they get up to, to talk to students or talk to whoever, they actually give the full gospel. They talk about mm. sin. They talk about the needing of a savior. They talk about repentance. I mean, that's something you actually don't hear in a lot of charismatic churches. Right. But, but these two guys, they give it yeah. unashamedly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. And it, and it's mm-hmm. that, that I have no problem locking arms with, right. right. I'm not going to agree doctrinally with, with anybody on, on everything. Right. Right. Um, we have differences in our doctrine here on this podcast. Um, sure. and, but we know what unites us. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And we know that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ is the true gospel. And that has to be primary in your church. Mm-hmm. That has to be first and foremost, because if you get that wrong, that is the bedrock of everything that you are going to build upon. And if the gospel is wrong and the gospel is not preached or it's a watered down gospel, then you might have the, the world's biggest children's programs and the coolest harvest party and, you know, blending what, whatever, but you're dead. Mm-hmm. It's not doing anybody any good. You're going to be going to hell carrying all of your self-help theology books. Mm. Mm. 
Come on. Yeah. And that, I mean, that, that immediately reminds me of, uh, of a quote by, uh, you know, by, by, by Charles Haddon Spurgeon, uh, when he says this in, in a sermon he preached on July 9th, 1876, he said, quote, the, the motto of all true servants of God must be, we preach Christ and him crucified. A sermon without Christ in it is like a loaf of bread without any flour in it. No Christ in your sermon, sir, then go home and never preach again until you have something worthy of preaching. Period. Close quote. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's I mean, there's there's so many preachers today that if all they knew was the gospel and they just got up there, gave the gospel and then left, they would be doing so much more service to their congregation than all the other fluff that they that they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that is that is that is bare bare minimum, bare minimum. what we need to be doing, mm-hmm. but it is the maximum amount of effectiveness when you have the true gospel. Absolutely. Right. Right. On the, uh, the, the church that I am now pastoring on the pulpit, they have at the very top uh, a little plaque and it says, please, sir, we would see Jesus. Oh, and it's that image that every time, and this isn't just stepping behind the pulpit, every time that we place ourselves into the role of ambassador for Christ, which is all the time. Our lips Mm. better be speaking the true gospel of Christ, because if we don't preach that, we have nothing worth preaching. Can I go nothing? Can I go further? And because you, because you actually said, you, you know, not just in the, in the pulpit, but all the time, but being ambassadors of Christ, our lips should be worthy of speaking of Christ all the time, which means the language that comes out of our mouth all mm-hmm. the time. Oh, come on. Should be that, which is come uh, on. that Christ could look at and, and view that as acceptable. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and then like that <laughs> tone matters. Yes. And I've been saying it forever. And it seems like we in 2020, especially in reformed, we seem to really, enjoy being able to say whatever we want however we want to mm. but tone matters how you interact with people online in person from your church wherever you are you can't just focus on what you're saying you have to focus on how you're saying it yeah right and you need to take into account your heart the things you know you struggle with and make sure that when that person hears you speak it is as close to hearing Jesus speak as they can get this side of heaven. Absolutely. Well, and, and I think back to something that Dr. Tom Buck said. Uh, he was at a conference uh, with uh, Daryl uh, Harrison and Virgil Walker uh, this past weekend in Tampa called The Great Awakening. Um, and uh, great name for a conference, by the way. Um, and, and he says this. He, he, was, he was unpacking. He was talking about woke hermeneutics. And, and he was unpacking 2 Timothy, uh, the passage of Scripture that, that calls uh, for Timothy and any other pastor to rightly divide the word of truth, to, to cut it straight, to be a craftsman. And this is what Dr. Buck said. He says this, quote, after Paul calls Timothy to be diligent, to present himself approved to God as a workman unashamed, there are few things that would cause me to be more ashamed than for God to hear me preach and then say, I never said what you just told everybody I said. Mm-hmm. period, close quote. And, and you think about the Reformation, right? And the first sola of the Reformation, the sola scriptura, 
I mean, that that's the foundation that everything sits upon. That's that, you know, Rome tried to say that truth was found in the scripture plus the church, plus tradition, uh, plus church councils, plus the Pope. But the reformers said, no, the saving truth, the saving gospel is found nowhere else other than in the scriptures alone. And, and so the need for, you know, Josh, to your point, uh, you know, yeah, we don't expect doctrinal purity, five-point Calvinist as far as, you know, again, 1689, Westminster, Belgic, whatever it is, you know, but, but, but you absolutely need to make sure that when you are preaching the gospel, when you're preaching God's word, the whole counsel of God, that your framework is you're you're seeking to, to to allow the only framework that you're bringing into this would, would be scripture and then scripture interpreted with scripture and 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 to do the work uh to put in the work to make sure that that's the case and then equipping your flock to do so you know protecting them leading them guiding them opening helping them see what, what what's in the scriptures uh, walking them through the process of sanctification so uh absolutely brothers absolutely yeah, yeah. There, in everything that we really talk about, when we talk about the Reformation, everything is going to come back to that sola, sola scriptura, because everything is derived from that sola. That's, foundation. It's the foundation, right? And so, but and I'm going to, I'm actually going to kind of lay a, a little indictment on on churches in the South, because Chris and I live in the South. We grew up in the South, uh, so churches in the South are very steeped in tradition, right? And we could say a lot of, you know, maybe Southern tradition, things like that. But what you actually see, if you go to some of these churches, is they would claim to be Protestant just because they're not namely Catholic. But their their methodology is that of Rome, right? The, the, they'll talk about maybe a, a Bible verse, but then what will follow is moralism, you must do this and you must do that in order to either maintain or prove or 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 achieve your salvation along with these things and you hear it all the time right well this is how we've always done it and things like that well that's relying on your tradition tradition is not scripture we need to go back to the source, Scripture as our foundation, and, and we need to proclaim Scripture. We need to let our beliefs be derived from Scripture. We need to let—if there's moralism involved, because we obviously don't want to preach immoralism, right? <laughs> we right. want people to be, to be moral, yes. but morals are derived from Scripture and are a result of the gospel taking hold of our heart, it's not. It's not. We don't. We don't perform works in order to uh, uh, achieve or maintain our salvation. They're a result of our salvation. Y'all bunch of deep fried fundamentalists down there. <laughs> you know, when it comes to uh, salvation, salvation is uh, uh, obviously by 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 works, but it's by Christ's works. Alone, um, alone, absolutely alone. Um, you know, but when it comes to your sanctification, uh, you know, I've said this recently uh, in, in some pretty, pretty fun conversations that that uh, uh, that, that have been had around um, language from a pulpit. Um, you know, if you want to call me a fundamentalist because uh, or legalist 
because my desire uh, and, and the expectation that I see out of Scripture um, is that that we should be very, very careful with our speech, because out of the same mouth does come praising and t- cursing. And I don't want to have two standards in my life, one in public and one in private, uh, so on and so forth. And fine, call me a fundamentalist all you want. Call me a legalist all you want when it comes to matters of sanctification, because um, because the goal is to be biblical. The goal is to be biblical. The goal is to honor Christ in word and in deed. Um, you know, j- yeah, I'll just leave it there. I was going to yeah. say something else, but we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, when we start talking about the value and worth of the Reformation, a lot of times we really look back, and, and I would say too much, we look back and we say, these guys did that and these guys did this and not enough. Do we actually bring what they did and apply it to today? Right. We're always looking back and we're, and and we're not actually just taking those things and doing them. We're not preaching with the boldness that Luther did. Uh, we're, we're not uh, exegeting and expositing scripture to the carefulness that Calvin did. Right. I, I mean, a lot of times, even even churches that would call themselves expository, their goal is to get through preaching as many books of the Bible a year as they can. And they don't actually s- slow down, draw out from the text every little morsel of God's gloriousness that is in there in order to feed it to their congregation. They just blow through it. Calvin, and this is a value that we, especially us who would who would preach either uh, as a regular pastor or or doing conferences, uh, any of us who would ascend to a pulpit, open up scripture, one of the values we need to take away from someone like a Calvin is that he would take a word and he would, unpack that word as full as he could and if it took the whole time it took the whole time he said he would look for the fine print of scripture that's right this is why calvin went verse by verse because oftentimes he spent a lot of time focusing on single individual words and what they mean and then how these words come together and what they mean together and then what they mean in this verse, and then how we apply it. We need to be as careful and as thorough in our exposition of Scripture today as Calvin was. Would you guys say that that's a fair assessment? I would say I would say yes, uh, with the caveat that it's very easy to take that you have to be careful when taking that route that your sermon does not become a lecture right right because there there is a difference between teaching and lecturing from Mm -hmm. the word of god and preaching the word of god amen right the the intent of the intent is different right behind teaching and preaching so yes although i i do see i do see uh a benefit toward like you said preaching verse by verse we have to preach verse by verse it, we, we, we have to it's just it's it's the way that it's i believe it's the way it's supposed to be um 
you have to be careful though to not lose the main aspect and the main purpose of preaching and that is to take wherever you are in that text wherever you are in the bible and make a beeline to christ and his gospel as fast and effectively as you can right so every sermon needs to have you know you know people say well how should i out my how should i outline my sermon what should i what are some things i should focus on in my sermon and i i give the same answer every time where is christ in what you are preaching mm-hmm. because he's there yeah. he's there and you talk about you talk about digging in and finding finding the 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 morsels or or finding the, you know the precious stones in the verse that that's jesus christ mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. his gospel every time mm-hmm. right so yes do 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 your best to to understand the text dig into the text dissect it but never forget the main reason and the main purpose for why you are behind that pulpit. And that is to show Jesus Christ and all his glory to your congregation. It's like you've been listening to my preaching lectures. No, see, that's why I'm lecturing you this, because I've been listening to your preaching lectures. <laughs> Last episode for Josh, shot fired. Man. You know what? In my preaching Drew, lectures, I to talk. Me. The morsels are Jesus. You know what's awesome, though, is, is you know, you want to talk about the worth and, or the, the, the legacy of the Reformation and the Reformers. And yeah. you look at you look at men like and, and Drew, I know you're going to love this. But men like John Knox, uh, the, the 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 thundering Scotsman, uh, who who would who would ding the pulpit um, as he's as he's exhorting the will, and, and I've said this a ton, and and any and a lot of people I know have heard me say this, but I think it bears repeating. Uh, the 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 process of preaching, and Josh is absolutely right. I think of Lloyd Jones, Lloyd Jones saying that uh, he had someone come up to him and say, uh, "Well, well, Doctor Lloyd Jones, what's the difference between a lecture and 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 preaching?" And he said, my dear boy, um, if you have to ask that question, you've never heard true preaching. Right. And <laughs> so and, and so we we which we, which to be clear, still did not answer his question. No, it didn't. If I, yeah. if I was that boy, I'd be like, OK, <laughs> fine. But <laughs> OK, <laughs> throw, y- y- yes, sir. But throw me a answer? bone here, Mr. Yeah. Jones. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, you think about what these guys did. Look at Luther and Calvin and Knox and and Zwingli and then and then moving forward to the puritans and uh and then now you know you got guys like lloyd jones and lawson and macarthur and sproll and um you know the 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 importance of pulling out all the fine print of the text right read the text teach the text synthesize with the text support with the text but then you cannot forget the so what the exhorting with the will with Mm -hmm. the text yeah. And, and, and that's, yeah. And, and uh, Josh, that that's Spurgeon, right? When you start your sermon, whatever you start with, make a beeline for Christ on the cross. Yep. Make a straight line. Do not pass. Go, do not collect anything. Right. Get to the cross. Um, it, yeah. Never. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What, what an important reminder. And again, an example, and you think about, think about how freeing that was for mm. not only the reformers, Right as they are, they are breaking away from the 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 the, the tradition, the the darkness and the cloud um, of uh, of what was happening in the Roman Catholic Church. And I want to I want to recommend a resource to every, everybody listening. Now, I I typically read this every October, but I have not this month because I have not had time. <laughs> um, I, but there's a book by Nathan Buznitz. 
Dr. Busnitz, who's uh, who works at the Master Seminary, uh, goes to Grace Community Church, called Long Before Luther, and it traces the the legacy and or the Reformation that was that w- that the Lord had already begun well before Luther, all the way from the early church up to Luther. It is an excellent book. But one of the things you see in there is when he's talking about men like Augustine and talking about, the, of course, the battle that they had physically in having to fight for the recovery of the gospel, but how freeing it was to them spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And that's why you have guys like, like John Huss, um, you know, Wycliffe, uh, Rogers, Ridley, all those men who could stand confidently knowing where their trust was, who their God was. And the fact that they were they they were dying for the noblest cause that one could give their life for, the recovery yeah. and the reformation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's right, and I think that's ultimately what it does. Once we we take everything back to uh, scripture, we think we take everything back to the gospel, uh, not the not only the freeing part but the emboldening part. Right, we're able to stand firm. We're able to stand strong. Uh, and I've said this to you guys, but it, you know, it the, the gates of hell will not come against Christ building his church and the gates gates are put up for to keep people out. And what the gospel does when, once we, we stand on scripture, we proclaim the true unadulterated gospel. It allows us to storm the gates of hell and it allows us to rescue people from the burning flames before they actually even have a chance to experience them. Because every person is born going as fast as they can towards hell. They're already heading there. And, and like Spurgeon says, Right. If sinners be damned, then let them go. Let them go to hell, leaping over our bodies. But we need to go break yeah, down those wow. gates. And that is what the gospel allows us to do. That's what sola scriptura allows us to do. It emboldens us. It frees us. It makes us uh, unafraid. Right. It wipes out all fear. Why? Because we trust God is the sovereign. Who cares if we die? Right. That goes back to Paul. For me to live is Christ and to die is what? It is gain. Gain. And that is what the reformers, uh, the reformers and and those who came after them, uh, the martyrs, that is was their mindset was that if we die, we're going to die preaching the true gospel. Right. It was uh, Thomas Cramner. Right. Mm. Even after his recantation, what did he say? He immediately recanted his recantation and he went to the flames. Yeah. thrusting the hand that he signed his recantation with, right? That's it was good. Latimer and Ridley. Um, uh, I believe it was, uh, uh, who was it? Latimer that said, uh, uh, play the man, Master Ridley. I trust this day that they will light a candle that will never be put out, right? It Once you stand on scripture, once you allow the gospel to take hold, there's nothing to be afraid of. Amen. You just open the cage and you let it free. You let it go and you let it do its work. And you trust that God is going to protect you, even if that means sending you to your death. And you trust that the spirit is going to do the work in the hearer. So, <laughs> weary pastor, 
and weary church member and listener who is struggling in this horrible, horrible year of 2020. You have hope in the gospel of Christ. You have hope in the person of Jesus who had lived a perfect life for you so that he could be the perfect advocate for you in your pain. He died the death that you deserved, and he stands before his Holy Father right now advocating and mediating for you 24-7. And there is nothing that you cannot bring to Christ. There is nothing that you cannot bring to your Father because, because of the gospel, whereas before the eyes of God were holy and holy righteous anger toward us, Christ now leads you into the throne room of grace as a brother, presents you to his father and says, speak, he's listening. And this is the what this is what the gospel does is it makes God accessible. Whereas before the Reformation, you had to go through the priests and the popes and pay the money and climb the steps and kiss the bones and whip whip your flesh and do all of these things to be seen as righteous. Christ says no once for all on the cross. The work is done. And whether you are preaching, whether you are in some sort of leadership, whether you work for an Apple store or work in FedEx, Jesus Christ is your advocate. And there is nothing, nothing worth more to preach and to live for than that. Amen. Amen. I think that was a great uh, calm down after my little rant there. Your rant was great, baby. You're 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 converting us all to post millennialism. Is what you're doing with that whole like Josh? Did you have to open gate charging? Gate charging. You know that's not the gates. That's not post millennialism. That's being a biblical believer, which is hashtag duh. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. That. <laughs> but you, you know, I do want to piggyback off of what Josh says about the the weary pastor and the weary believer because we live in uh, uncertain times right now, right? I mean, I mean, people, groups of people are getting away with with things, destruction of property, uh, looting and rioting, and so they're just getting away with it. That that has never happened in the history uh, of you know this country. Uh, I, I say since the establishment of the Bill of Rights and, and common law. Um, so in these uncertain times, you may be weary. You may be afraid that someone's going to come after you if, you if if you stand on the truth of the gospel. I want to encourage you. Yes, look back and be encouraged by the reformers. Because they were unafraid as they faced death, as they faced the burning stakes. But there are people today that will stand with you, that will not run. I think we have great examples in elder statesmen like John MacArthur, 
who is unafraid to stand. Uh, I think we have, we have other small churches, uh, local church leaders that are unnamed. No one knows their names, but they stand faithfully, uh, that they have not ceased to meet, uh, Sure, they did at the beginning with the uncertainty, but they are still being faithful to the word of God and, and continuing to gather together and preaching uh, the true gospel. Don't, don't be afraid. There are people that will stand with you. Yeah, and and and, and let me just piggyback on both of those points. Uh, to and and Josh, brother, thank you for sharing the gospel. Um, right there, man, and and doing it so wonderfully. Uh, because you're absolutely right. To those who who are weary, to those who, uh, whether you be a pastor or a church member, um, and, and then l- l- let me let me add to that and add to what Drew said. Um, look, we we have examples um, all throughout the scriptures. You know, Christ Himself said, and in, in John uh, chapter 15, starting in verse 18, He says that the world hates you. You know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. Mm-hmm. So it isn't a matter of when, or excuse me, it isn't a matter of if, it's a matter of when this happens. When you stand for the truth of the gospel of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be hated, you will be despised. We're seeing that now. And you know what's crazy about, about the Reformation is the, the, the attacks on the Reformers. You know, I, I, I think to Luther, right, the, the, the 500th anniversary this year of the Diet of Worms, that the, the, Luther was anathematized by, quote-unquote, the church, now, obviously, according to Scripture, because uh, Rome and the Roman Catholic Church had uh, moved away from justification by faith alone and Christ alone, based on the Word of God alone, for the glory of God alone, um, they were no longer a church in the Lord's eyes. We know that, but they were the quote-unquote church. And look at what we see happening today. You've got those who will stand on the truths of found in Scripture, like men like John MacArthur. You have those inside the church that now want nothing to do with him. Or will publicly call him out for standing on the truths found in Scripture. You've got those who, who reject the godless, demonic ideologies that, that are behind Black Lives Matter and critical race theory. You've got those who are being anathematized by those, quote-unquote, inside the church. So obviously, yes, the world will hate you when you stand for the gospel, but you will be attacked by those inside the church. Mm-hmm. And, and so to those, to, to those, I, I would share two passages of Scripture. First and foremost, John chapter 16 and verse 33. These things I've spoken to. Well, actually, I'm going to back up. Uh, I think I'm going to back up. Nope, nope, I'm going to stay in verse 33. These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have peace tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So we see that by, by, by the accomplishment of Christ on the cross, uh, by the accomplishment of the tomb being empty, by the accomplishment of uh, the, the, the written, infallible, inerrant, and sufficient word that we have, 
We know that nothing, nothing can stand against us. We're told in Romans 8 that nothing can, can stand against those who are in Christ. And so then my last passage that I wanted to share is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And, and this is Paul speaking to and defending the resurrection of Christ as, as the doctrine of the resurrection was being attacked. And he says this, um, starting at verse 50 through 58, just bear with me. He says, now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but when we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable and this mortal must put on immortality. That's what's coming for each of us who are in Christ. Verse 54. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on the on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And that's from Hosea chapter 13. The sting of death, uh, the sting of death is sin, but the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and verse 58 is just kind of my, my, my just like, look, in, in lieu of everything we've talked about, the worth of the Reformation, the example that we find in the Reformers to those of us in Christ today and to those pastors and elders out there, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. And no, that was not a post-millennial encouragement. That was a <laughs> biblical encouragement. Oh, man. You say post-mill, biblical, I mean, they're the same thing. But <laughs> uh, No. But, uh, yes, uh, amen. Um, uh, I think you're right on. Um, I, I can't think of a better uh, place to, to wrap up this episode. Guys, it's been real. It's been real. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to miss you, bro. I'm going to miss you being on here, man. I mean, you, yeah. you haven't been on for a while, but yeah. It just, yeah. Ah. no, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a joy for me. I've really enjoyed getting to know you guys through the podcast. And to all our listeners, thank you for listening. Continue to. And uh, if I may, I would like to leave our listeners and you guys uh, with. One of my favorite Spurgeon quotes of all time. I'm going to close it out. Most likely how I began. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just banking on it. <laughs> he says this, guys, remember this. However weak you are, however poor, however little your faith, or however small your grace may be, your names are still written on the heart of Christ, and you shall never lose a share in his love. Amen. Love you guys. Love you, buddy. Will you send me that? Will you text me that quote? Sure will. Thank you. Well, with that, we are going to get out of here. We are signing off as a podcast of three. We will now be a podcast of two. And then there were two. But Josh Loftus will forever be a part of the Matter of Theology family. Absolutely.
And with that, we're getting out of here. See you guys.